Welcome to the Turtle Pizza Party Podcast. I am your host, Jason Hillard, and today, that's it. I'm the only one here. I have no co-host today. No guest. No Jamile. It's just me. But, using that as um, part of the theme of the episode, because today's episode is about The Last Ronin, which is a um, current comic uh, put out by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird as a continuation and a final story for the original Turtles. And what's interesting about it is that, so when Peter Laird, uh, of Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the creators of the Turtles, when he sold his rights to the Turtles, he reserved the ability to to do a a certain amount of stories every year, right? Without any licensing issues or anything like that. Like, yes, yes, Nickelodeon has full control over it, but he has the right to do, I, I believe it's like six stories a year. Right. So, in a beautiful story, um, the toys that made us did an episode on the Ninja Turtles, and they actually like reunited uh, Kevin Eason and Peter Laird, who haven't talked to each other, and they had a falling out. And it's just this nice little beautiful moment where they meet each other again. They start talking about stuff. They're drawing on tables across from each other, and Peter kind of just makes this comment of. Um, like, I, I kept the rights to do um, comics, a certain amount of comics every year, uh, for us. Like, it's our legacy, and no matter whatever happens to it, I want us to be able to come back to it. And it was like a very touching moment between two old friends, um, despite them having their falling out and uh, having certain feelings about each other at certain times. Like, it was beautiful to see that Peter still worried about their work, you know, their their love child uh, of media together. And he, you know, it meant a lot to him that there would be something for them to go back to if they ever wanted to. So I thought that was that was really cute. Um, cute's probably not the word. Um, I thought that was really, really sweet of Peter to care about uh, Kevin and care about the work that they put in together. Uh, also, you're going to have to regret... Um, also, you're going to have to forgive me if uh, this isn't the most ideal recording setting, but I try to find, like, the quietest place. <laughs> so I'm currently, like, in a, um, a mud room in a basement. Anyways, so without further ado, uh, we're going to get into The Last Ronin. Um, but this is spoilers, minor, major spoilers, for the first issue of uh, The Last Ronin, and if you are somebody who has been waiting to read them as they're all out, which at the time of this recording, um, their four are out, and the fifth and final issue is coming out in February, which is about a month away. So if you are somebody who's waiting to read them, and you have not gotten as far as the first issue, um, don't listen. (laughs) Or if you're somebody who doesn't care about spoilers and is interested to find out what's going on, um, please continue to listen. Um, also, I mean, this, uh, today's episode is going to deal in some topics, uh, like suicide and depression, so, not mine, <laughs> but just in general. So, uh, if that's a really heavy subject, or if that's really, um, too close to home, or just you're sensitive to that kind of stuff, um, also, maybe not listen to this episode. Uh, so, uh, Sorry for being a downer, everybody. <laughs> That's just the source material this week. Um, all right, so yeah, 
kick things off the last Ronin. Um, Ronin, for anyone that doesn't know, is a wandering lost samurai with no master. Um, and in particular, uh, again, not going to spoil it yet, but that is coming. So this is this is going to be another warning, and I'm going to have another last warning before I, I do any major spoilers. But the uh, last and final turtle of the four, um, and this is a continuation of the original comic series of Mirage. Um, so there's no Jenica or, you know, so it's just the original base four turtles. At this point, three of the turtles have died, so has Master Splinter a long time ago. Um, and as the issue goes on, you you get like this um, inner monologue from the last turtle who doesn't refer to himself as anything, obviously. But we know him as the last Ronin, and the Ronin is a wandering, wandering uh, samurai with no master. So at this point, he has one final mission that he's been training for, and he is determined to to see it through. And this is the near future, but kind of near far future. So, so anybody who um, who's in the cyberpunk or anything like that, like it's very cyberpunk esque, you know, like Blade Runner, um, or or actually the video game cyberpunk or the tabletop cyberpunk. Uh, so yeah, so. It's modernish, but very high-tech equipment. There's like flying cars and stuff like that, uh, but also you can see the remnants of the the old city. So, as this uh, last Ronin, the last turtle, is making his way through, you can see he's wearing a black bandana. He's void of any color that would uh, give away his his identity. Uh, he's carrying all four weapons, and he has all four colored uh, bandanas of the turtles. Uh, tied to him in one way or another. And as the issue goes on, it's actually really interesting because you, uh, he, at least when I did, so the first issue, you're not entirely sure if you're going to find out who the last Ronin is. Uh, so you continue, you continue on, and every time he says something in particular, um, or he does something, you're kind of looking for cues as to like, which turtle is he? <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I remember him distinctly taking out the size and using them to climb a wall or something like that. I'm like, oh, maybe it's Raph. And then, like, just this general attitude throughout the issue. Um, he's very, uh, I wouldn't say negative, but he's, he's a downer, you know, for sure. And I'm obviously given the situation. So then you start making assumptions that it can't be can't be this turtle because this turtle be more levity so then things start pointing towards maybe it's Raphael like maybe that makes a lot of sense that it's Raphael and and that like uh, he, he would be the turtle that would be on a revenge mission you know what I mean and then he'll do something that's a little crafty and you're like oh well maybe it's Donatello and maybe he just snapped and maybe this is like the Donatello we've all been waiting for you know what I mean um, and then you also just get into your head well maybe it's a Leonardo because Leonardo would feel the burden of all of his brother's deaths on himself as being a leader. And then you're like, well, maybe it's Michelangelo. Maybe, you know, just certain certain things as the issue goes on, you're like, you're looking for those hints. And, you know, they come up here and there, but nothing, like, really stands out as, like, a, oh, this is it. And it was, it was funny, while reading it, like, I kind of made up in my mind a few times as to who I thought the turtle was, and then something else would happen. And then I would change my mind, and then I would just be like, wow, this is this story is really going places. <laughs> but 
The story actually is pretty simple, um, just for this this first issue. Uh, you know he's on a mission, and you know he's trying to infiltrate a tower, and you know he's trying to murder somebody. So this somebody happens to be um, Rokusaki uh, Shredder's grandson, who has taken over the foot, and we find out is responsible for the deaths of the other turtles. So I guess as like a personal vendetta, kind of like finishing what his grandfather couldn't do, or just like what he feels his rightful heir as um, the leader of the foot is he uh, he exterminates the turtles and everyone hasn't seen the turtles in a long time and obviously like because three of them are dead and I believe the, la the last one's assumed dead as well but so he takes it upon himself this last turtle to finish this mission to to avenge his his siblings so you see him scale a futuristic skyscraper and go on the attack now, what happens next is he fails this mission. He's, he's um, outnumbered, outpowered by technology, and he kind of falls out the skyscraper, and in a last-ditch effort, he grabs somebody's motorcycle off the street, rides it in directly in like a suicide mission type of, right into a tanker that blows up the, blows up the building, and then he... He's, like, shot out, and then he, uh, like, retreats to the sewers. Now, it just happens to be that the person that he stole his motorcycle of follows him into the sewers. Where, okay, so now this is where things get sensitive. So he crawls into the sewers, he's defeated. He has this weight, this burden that this mission that he has trained for that he's set everything aside that this is the end goal he he's failed the shredder's grandson still lives his brothers are not avenged his family died for nothing in his eyes and so at this point he takes out a sword and he decides that he's going to kill himself and he's but in the traditional samurai um, seppuku, like, dying with honor. He's going to take his life with honor. And it's, it's at this point that he, he, he does perform, you know, the ritual suicide, and he's beginning to bleed out when the person that he stole the motorcycle from finds him in the sewers. And she sees him, and she immediately recognizes him as a mutant turtle, and she comes to his aid. As he's bleeding out and he just kind of fades fades out to black and then at the end of the issue we see him waking up in a bed and we see his brothers by his side and again no nobody has any kind of masks or markings or anything that can tell you who they are but they all begin talking to him and they all begin to tell him that he doesn't have to worry that it's not his fault and that he did his best. And it's at this point that there's spoilers. So again, this is your last warning. If you care about spoilers for the first issue of the last Ronin, this is the time that you can stop listening. Um, <laughs> maybe uh, fast forward all the way to the end and uh, listen to Pizza Time. Uh, but yeah, so it's at this point 
that April walks into the room, and she's a little, a lot older. <laughs> I don't mean to say it like that, but she's she's definitely aged aged up, and um, she has some robotic parts as well. And it's at this point she walks into the room, and she says, "Mikey, you're awake." And this is when you you find out that Mikey is the last Ronin. Um, so what's interesting about this is that like the 2003 series uh, did this story arc where they kind of like fast forwarded not not fast forward because that's also part of that series where they they go into the future but that's time travel what I'm specifically talking about is that they do kind of like this um, post-apocalyptic story arc where like this is how the world ends this is what happens to everyone and we find out that um, well, Mikey is the one who's telling the story. Like he's he's the he's the main character in the story. Um, I forget how. Like I, it's either a spell or it's a time travel thing, but he's he's sent to the future in this post apocalyptic situation, and he runs into his brothers, and a lot of bad things have happened to them. They've been scarred, and I think Donnie's a robot. Donnie always turns into a robot in these situations. But uh, they're beaten and broken, and, like, Master Splinter's long gone. And it's just one of these scenarios where everyone's so happy to see Michelangelo, and they're, they're, they all have the same story, where essentially when things went down, they protected Mikey like that's all that mattered was they had to protect Mikey they had to make sure that nothing ever bad happened to Mikey Mikey's the baby Mikey needs protection um so that had like even back then that was like a, a, a serious like impact like um like the family dynamic is something I always talk about with the turtles but then in particular for them to sacrifice themselves, to put themselves in danger, not just for a city that doesn't um, accept them, or, you know, but specifically for all of them to care so much about their youngest brother that, you know, they, that they sacrifice themselves, whether actually or just in, put themselves in serious danger, uh, had a huge impact on me when I when I first heard that and it made a lot of sense to me and now with the last Ronin that immediately before you find out what really happened with any of the turtles that's your immediate thought I mean it's my immediate thought that that's also what happened that Mikey would be the last Ronin because no matter what happened the other turtles would always protect Mikey he's the most innocent he's he's the He's just a bundle of joy, so that they, they they would always look at him and see a baby brother, so they always would look out for him. Not all <laughs> depictions of uh, the turtles in the future are always so grim with uh, with Mikey. I mean, obviously, um, Master Splinter is old to begin with, so so whenever you're looking at the turtles in the future, Splinter's always been gone. Um, but there's also scenarios. Um, and I can't remember if this was just a fan fiction that I remember seeing, or if it was like an actual 
pitched idea maybe for like Fox at some point when um, for like a succession after um, after the 2003 series but there's this beautiful piece of art where Michelangelo had become the new splinter for a new generation and it might have even been human children uh, being trained as ninjas or a mix of humans and turtles or other mutants but what was so striking about the image and what was so um, endearing to me was that it was Mikey, but Mikey was doing his own thing. So he was the new master splinter, but he, like his, his, uh, what was it, gi? <laughs> What's master splinter's rope? Anyways, uh, this is probably when you uh, need a co-host. But, so his, his uh, robe uh, had more of like a Hawaiian print to it. Like he was fun, you know? He was, he was still a surfer dude, but just a very old surfer dude. And in that scenario, in that, like, I don't know, I, now at this point, I just believe it was fan fiction, but in that fan fiction, uh, Michelangelo just, everyone else just died of old age. Like, you know, the time came for them. Like they weren't, it wasn't as sad and bitter. He just happened to be the youngest. So he outlived all of them all, but it's still you know, it still made a lot of sense. And also, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say uh, Michelangelo is the least disciplined, but he's the most playful. So it's also an interesting, interesting dynamic in that scenario that he would then become the teacher, you know what I mean? He spent, I mean, if you watch the live action movies, he often tries to get out of training. Like, he's, he's the fun one. He's not the training. He's not the training one. So here in The Last Ronin, we see a very different Mikey. He's very... He's he's much older. Um, he's very serious. He's carrying all the weapons. Um, and what's, what's funny is that he seems to have mastered all the weapons as well. He's definitely taken this time um, by himself to further his ninjutsu training. And it's surprising, again. But when... Everything else has been taken away from him. All of a sudden you see a different Mikey. Well, just a very focused Mikey. So, in the further issues, and again, like the last issue has not come out, but the the next few issues explore the end of each turtle. It also introduces you to the woman that saved Michelangelo, who turns out to be Casey and April's daughter. And she becomes um, a student of Michelangelo, even in this series. Uh, I don't think to April's liking, but <laughs> but she is also um, apparently part of a a rebel group that's trying to take down um, the Foot, who have now taken over the city. And like this is like it's a very it's a very like. Um, corporation has taken over the city future city type of scenario so i mean it, it it definitely is it's it's whole new thing like i said it's a it's very interesting very different take i believe it's specifically supposed to be a finale to the original mirage comics but depending on how things play out like it could technically also be um a like an ending to the itw series i mean like we don't really I mean, if you want to talk about canon and what's not canon and stuff like that, like, there could be something that's referenced, um, and then 
in the final issue that confirms whether it could be an IDW because IDW shares a lot of the origin um, with the original series um, while also spinning a new story for itself. Um, but also what's what's interesting about Michelangelo and just his uh, his mission and then his failure and then his choice to take his own life um, when he's at his lowest is it's him seeing April and him taking on a student in uh, Casey Marie Jones, which is Casey and April's daughter. Um, he starts seeing purpose again in his life. I mean, he doesn't give up the mission, but he definitely seems more alive, you know? And it's weird because, you know, he sits down with T with April and he starts talking things out and it's she's like, it's very good to see you again. And he remembers what it is, what, it, what it's like to live, you know? And as he gets to talk out talk out his feelings and things like that he he really begins to be whole again uh his his life's given purpose again and it's uh, i don't know how intentional it is as far as the writing of the story as as somebody like for somebody specifically who's dealing with depression or suicidal thoughts or just a general feeling that your life doesn't have purpose but or if it's just really good writing that is at least where the story goes initially and i mean it's just important to remember that if you are dealing with suicidal thoughts i mean reach out to somebody whether it be a friend a family member or you know the national suicide prevention lifeline uh which is available at all hours um I never really thought I'd be one of those podcasts, but if if you need it, it's uh, 1-800-273-8255. But again, just reach out to anybody. I mean, it's important just to talk, you know, whether it be an old friend or, you know, somebody that's really close to you. I mean, sometimes it's easier to talk to somebody who's not as close to you, <laughs> maybe like a uh, friend of a friend kind of thing that's in your contacts that you just both kind of have something in common with and you just reach out to them and just talk about something. Maybe not necessarily talking about what's bothering you, but just talking to somebody in general and just letting you know that there are connections with other human beings will will help you. But anyways, since I said uh, suicide prevention hotline, <laughs> you know what time it is. It's pizza time. All right, so I'm going to keep this brief. Um, I'm by myself. It's a post-apocalyptic situation, you know, with the theme of the last Ronin. So I got gas station pizza-flavored empanadas. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's a very weird combo, and what gas station is serving this? Not your traditional gas station. Honestly, it's uh, just a gas station on my way home from work. Uh, so yeah, I, I would pop in, and I saw that they had these... Uh, you know, because again, it's convenient. It's on the way home. That's what convenience stores are, right? Um, and they have like these uh, little heater things, boxes uh, that they often keep the breakfast sandwiches in. But later in the day, they swap them out. And instead, they had bananas. And I saw different labels. And I'm like, what? This is crazy. There's chicken. There's pork. There's beef. That's great. 
uh, love empanadas, but also, <laughs> also I saw one labeled pizza. So very curious, obviously, you know, the theme of the show. So yeah, so I got this pizza empanada, uh, gonna try it and I'm gonna tell you what I think. Um, chew away from the mic. Okay. Um, it's a little hard. <laughs> I don't want to fault Tampanata directly for that. Uh, I think it's just been sitting in a heater for way too long. What I do want to fault it for is the choice of sauce. <laughs> Cheese is fine. Mozzarella, obviously. And then the sauce just seems to be uh, very ketchup-based, just straight-up tomato, like a watery, like just straight tomato can sauce. Uh, yeah, so not great. <laughs> There's no pizza seasoning at all whatsoever in it. Um, so it's, it's just the cheese, the sauce wrapped inside of an empanada. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting for the, for the bread as an option against the, the pizza dough. Cause obviously we've seen that many times, but yeah, it's, uh, not great. <laughs> So anyways, guys, um, cowabunga. <laughs>